Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. This is Sports Center at 6. How a 6'8", 19-year-old rookie is leading the NBA in three-point shooting. The Celtics' Jason Tatum joins the show live. Former Grizzly coach David Fisdale is with us. His insight on how CP3, the Beard, and the Rockets have quickly become legitimate NBA title contenders. Also, the fallout from Bill Belichick's decision to revoke team privileges for Tom Brady's personal trainer. And it's a game-changing day in college football. The new early signing period. Which teams have won the day? What's good? Welcome to Sports Center alongside L. Duncan. May I say we put together a great rundown for you this evening. Truth. Voila. Or maybe I'm just in a good mood and still on a high from waking up to find out that Magic and Zeke have made up. <laughs> that just blessed my soul. And wait till we, you see the classy move that Mizzou's Kwanzo Martin made last night. And if you think LeVar Ball had big plans before, man, listen. Wait till we explain how he plans to go head-to-head with the NCAA. But first, Ezekiel L.A. goes back to work. Cowboys not only have to handle their business and win out, but need help, too, if they want to keep coming to work beyond the next week and a half. After Elliott lost and dropped his personal conduct suspension appeal, the Cowboys look lost, but have rebounded to win three straight. The Cowboys were buzzing Tuesday about having their horse back, and he appeared to return in better shape than when he left. Got a little bit out of shape, though, toward the end of a seven-minute, two-seven-question, excuse me, two-minute session with the media earlier today. I'm not talking about it anymore. This is going to be the last time you hear me speak about it, so please don't even ask me about it. Can you talk about what you did the last six weeks? No. Can you talk about at least what went into some of your conditioning? Uh, I'm ready to talk about the Seattle Seahawks. I'm ready to talk about the Dallas Cowboys. I'm not speaking on it anymore. Why is it that you don't want to talk about that six-week stretch? All right, I'm done. Thank you. <laughs> That'd be all. Zeke did everything would say you are dismissed. Uh, let's bring in our Cowboys reporter, Todd Archer, who was in the locker room just now for that exchange. Um, Todd, maybe Zeke just prefers to let his play do the talking. With that being said, you were at practice and you're always around this team. What should we expect from him this week? Uh, you almost think that you need to expect to see Ezekiel Elliott. You know, when he left, he was looking like the running back that led the NFL in rushing in 2016. He, he was the Cowboys' focal point of their offense. And, you know, Jason Garrett was saying he wants to see how Elliott handles the practice load this week before committing to him Sunday against Seattle. But with that, what everybody's telling me and the players in the locker rooms talking about Elliott's conditioning, Dak Prescott saying he's gone 20, 30 yards after every run to build up that win, it wouldn't surprise me to see the Cowboys go to him 20, 25 times, especially after you saw what Todd Gurley did to that Seattle defense last week. You know, anytime someone wants to change the narrative, Todd, all they have to do is change the narrative. We'll see if he's able to do that uh, this weekend. Todd Archer with the latest on Zeke's return to the Cowboys. Now back to the health. The Cowboys need to get back to the playoffs. Our football power index gives Dallas a 5% chance of getting in. Simplest path to the postseason is this. Went out, had the Lions lose one of their final two games, and for the Falcons to lose their last two games. Now, keep in mind, Detroit found out yesterday they wanted to see Aaron Rodgers in Week 17, while Atlanta will have to account for Thomas Davis Week 17 against the Panthers. It's all connected. Rockets put their 14-game winning streak on the line later tonight against the Lakers, winning their last one by 21, despite trailing by five going into the 
fourth quarter. A win would tie for the second longest win streak in team history. James Harden, despite playing through the pain of a sore bruise, a bruised knee, excuse me, scoring just under 32 points per during this run, hitting the most threes in the league in that span and on pace for 347 for the season. And when Harden takes a seat and Chris Paul takes control, the Rockets have outscored opponents by 117. Wow. Stefano Passaro is in Houston tonight. 15-0 with Chris Paul in the lineup this season, as you know. A lot of talk on Chris Paul's way out the door in L.A. about how he supposedly clashed with other Clippers. That chemistry didn't make for a good mix anymore. Now take us behind the numbers, though, Stefano. How does Chris Paul, how does he click with his new teammates beyond the box score? It really has been about this team adopting the attitude and the leadership qualities of Chris Paul. Now, we could argue that last year maybe this team was missing that vocal leader in the locker room. Well, they have it now. Chris Paul has been known uh, to let his teammates know when they're not playing up to his standards. But now the entire team is adopting it, and we saw it a couple games ago when they were posting the Spurs here. Up about 25 in the fourth quarter, Chris Paul misses a rotation, and P.J. Tucker, one of their new key additions, especially on defense, absolutely ripped him on the court and told him that he was messing up and that was, uh, wasn't acceptable. And rather than Chris Paul kind of overreacting and saying, hey, we're already winning this game, what's going on? No, he said, you're right, I can't do that. We need to be uh, more solid on defense all around, and that's really what's key to this team. Now, over this past few games, they have been winning, their streak is still alive, but Mike D'Antoni has shown a little bit of concern about that defense, and they're really trying to fix that and get everything back in order and check so they continue this winning streak and continue winning, and they'll start tonight in this ballgame here against Lonzo and the Lakers. Absolutely love that anecdote. People thought Chris Paul was a know-it-all in L.A., but when you're right, you're right, and he knew it, so he fell back. Good stuff, Stefano. Appreciate you. Thank you. You know, it's bittersweet, quite frankly, to be joined by former Memphis Grizzlies head coach David Fisdale. We'll get into what happened in Memphis <laughs> later, but we want to first get your thoughts on the Rockets. 15 of Houston's 25 wins have come by 15 or more points. One of their four losses to David Fisdale's Grizzlies. Uh-huh. The Warriors, who play the Grizzlies tonight, have lost six games this season. They also lost to you in the Grizzlies. Uh-huh. Take that for data. Preach. <laughs> now, Coach, <laughs> I figured you'd appreciate that. The fold. Coach, I want to ask you the question on everybody's mind. We know the Rockets are a threat, but are they good enough to actually beat the Warriors in the playoffs? And if so, why? I just think that they've added such great defensive pieces. Um, I really thought the front office did a heck of a job of going out and, and really identifying, like, the Swiss Army knife. You know, when you talk about Mute, you talk about Trevor Ariza, uh, Chris Paul is a great defender. Uh, you know, you got Capella back there, uh, P.J. Tucker. I mean, they, they really added some serious defenders. These guys take pride in their defense. And, uh, you know, you keep looking at them as an offensive team, but these guys have really upped their game defensively. And that's a credit to, uh, you know, Jeff Bezdelic and, and, and Coach D'Antoni and them really, you know, really taking that whole deal to another level. I I was going to say, I appreciate all the coach speak, but like answer the question, (laughs) are are they good enough to beat them? Yeah, I mean, I think they can compete with them at a high level. And, you know, you don't know how series go. Uh, Tweaked ankle here or anything crazy can happen. We've seen that so many times in so many years. A technical foul, right, or get kicked out of a a game. Anything can happen in a series. And is Golden State – you know, are they still the, the, the favorite? Of course. I mean, these guys are phenomenal. Coach Kerr is phenomenal. 
Um, you know, they just have a, a, an incredible thing going on. But if anybody's going to challenge them this year, I'm telling you, that Houston team is serious business. Yeah, and we're also assuming that they will, in fact, see each other in the playoffs. We've seen strange things derail predetermined matchups. Hey, Coach, stay put. we got lots more to cover with you later. You got it. All right, so the pettiest story you're going to hear today and on college football's first day of early signing. Five-star recruit Jackson Carmen, an Ohio native, who signed with Clemson today, admitting that Dabo Sweeney discussed Urban Meyer's future with Ohio State as part of the recruiting process, and that while it wasn't the main factor, it at the very least was an underlying factor in why he chose to go to Clemson over the Buckeyes. And when asked if this were true, here's what Dabo said. I can't recall specifically, but it sounds like something that may have come up when we talked about coaches. I'm a guy that's been here for 15 years, and there are obvious differences when you compare coaches. If they're at different stages in life, in recruiting, you talk about anything and everything a recruit wants to talk about that seems relevant. I really need an L cam for the way you read. Like, yeah. <laughs> really, I really like get that. into it. I'm like, this is happening. Uh, really excited to bring in Tom Luganville. To this, this little nugget just dropped right in our lap. Um, what do you make of these coaching battles during recruiting and the depths they'll go? Well, I, I can tell you this. Nobody's playing together in the sandbox and sharing licks off the ice cream cone, okay? The, the, these coaches, this is a death match. They're going to do everything that they can to gain an advantage to be able to sign the best players that they can. And if people want to la- label this as negative recruiting, guys... I don't even think this scratches the surface of negative recruiting. Um, as, as a course of finding out each individual prospect, uh, what their personality is, how they interact, what's important to them, um, age of a coach may be important to them. That's not just tied to an Urban Meyer or a, a Nick Saban. I remember for years uh, this was used, of course, against Bobby Bowden. So um, is this the normal course of recruiting and what is utilized? Absolutely it is. Uh, okay. Well, listen, here's the thing, though. Ohio State also lost another five-star recruit in Oddway, although it didn't just happen today. Things certainly come in full circle for Micah Parsons. So the DN committed to Penn State today. That's after initially committing to them in February of 2016. He decommitted this past April when other schools came sniffing around, one of those being Ohio State, who self-reported a violation because he took a pick on the game day set with former Buckeye Kirk Herbstreet to make a short story long. He wanted that old thing back, and he will be a Nittany Lion. Tom, based on today's trends, what should we glean from early signing period on day one? That it essentially accomplished the task that I think it was set out to, and that is get the players that have shut it down, that have made their choices, that have educated themselves, they have taken their official visits, they know what they want to do, Let's get them signed and move on. Then focus on a much smaller player pool uh, throughout the month of January as we head to what will now be the the next signing period on February 7th. But I think a lot of this, too, you've got to understand the idea of this came uh, as as a result of expense, manpower. Instead of having to all of a sudden go all the way through for the next six weeks and deal with 30, 40 kids, now you might be dealing with a pool of four to six or eight to 11 and so you have much more resources to lend. And so I think it accomplished the, tax, the task. Over 50% of verbal commits expected to sign by the time early signing period concludes on Friday. Tom Luganville, appreciate you. Celtics play host to the Heat tonight. These teams have met twice this season. Last time on South Beach as Miami snapped the C's 16-game winning streak. But let's talk Jason Tatum, shall we? The leading candidate for Rookie of the Year had Ben Simmons played last year. 
But nonetheless, the class of the 2017 draft class, Tatum leads all rookies having scored in double figures in 28 of the team's 33 games. He leads everybody. Rookies, vets, grown-ups, churn, in-betweens, <laughs> and three-point shooting at 52%, 67 from the corner. That is crazy. Let's bring in Jason Tatum, who joins us live here on The Six. Uh, we just mentioned a couple of the other names that are on that Rookie of the Year. How much do you pay attention, be real, to what Simmons and Donovan Mitchell are doing? And do you compete with those guys from afar? Uh, I definitely pay attention. Um, you know, NBA is on every night. Uh, and, I mean, you can't stay away from it from social media. But, uh, you know, I'm happy for, you know, those guys. Uh, you know, they're playing extremely well. And uh, I'm just trying to stay up there. How does a guy who shot 34.2% from three at Duke last year lead the league at 51.5 in the NBA as a rookie? How does that happen? I wish I knew. Um, I never would have thought I shot 52% this year. But, uh, you know, that was one of the knocks on my game, you know, coming to the draft that, uh, you know, shooting the three. You know, so my trainer, you know, Drew and I this summer, uh, we shot 253 today. You know, just to get ready for the draft and uh, expand my game. What is it about the system, whether it's Brad Stevens' system or players like Kyrie and Al Horford, uh, that are setting you up with, with good looks from three for you to take efficient and, and, and smart shots to be able to connect the way you are? Oh, did we lose you? We lost Jason? He's looking off camera. Can you hear us, Jason? Yeah, I can hear you now. Oh, you got it? There we go. TV. No, I was asking... Kyrie Irving, Al Horford, how the way they set you up with looks from three help that percentage? Which, by the way, I know I peeped that you rounded that up. I said 51.5, you said 52. I appreciate that. <laughs> but how have your teammates gotten you good looks to be so efficient from three? Um, you know, because Kyrie draws so much attention. And, you know, coming off the pick and roll, you know, Al draws a lot of attention. And, you know, they're very willing passers. Um, so I just got to do my job and, you know, be open and uh, knock down open shots. All right, we're not just going to focus on your offensive prowess because you can't get run, especially as a rookie with this Celtics team if you don't play defense. Last I checked, and these numbers might be outdated, so I beg your pardon, you were fourth in defensive rating in the NBA among players who play at least 30 minutes per game at 99.8 points per 100 possession. Defense wasn't necessarily your calling card coming out of college either. How have you elevated that aspect of your game, or was it just underrated to begin with? Um, you know, coming into the Celtics organization and playing for Brad, um, if you want to play, you, you got to play defense. And especially for me being a young guy, um, you know, I definitely want to play. So uh, I had to pick up on defense uh, extremely quick. It's really natural for any young guy to be compared to people. And a lot of Celtics fans like to say, he's Paul Pierce. And then coming into the draft, there was a lot of people that compared you to who Carmelo. Um, but when you look at your game, who would you say that you most model your game after? Um, my favorite player ever, you know, growing up was Kobe. But, um, you know, when I was in high school, um, I really tried to model my game after Carmelo and uh, Paul George. You know, those are two of my favorite players to watch, um, you know, when I was growing up in high school and in college. And, uh, you know, just to get a chance to play against those guys when, uh, when we played Oklahoma City, uh, I think that was the coolest part of this season so far, just, you know, being on the same floor as them. Well, happy anniversary to your boy Kobe. He scored 62 and three quarters against the Mavericks 12 years ago. Maybe yep. you could drop 60 on the Heat tonight hey. to pay homage. So listen, before we let you go, man, the best thing I heard about you, you made me so proud because people think I'm crazy when I say my favorite Eddie Murphy movie is Life. I heard that's your favorite movie of all time. You too young to know about the upper room. Right. What you know about the upper room? 
The upper room. <laughs> Wingy. No. Fly, fly. You, that's good yeah, upbringing. That's my favorite you movie of all time. See, that, that explains it right there. Great player with great taste in movies, man. Well, He's still coming to America, but that's fine. Trading places you really can't go wrong. <laughs> hey, man, thank you so much. Go do work tonight against the Heat, and uh, we'll see you soon. Appreciate the time. All right, thank you. All right, y'all, let's stick with Boston. The Globe reporting Tom Brady's trainer, Alex Guerrero, has had various team privileges stripped. Now, Guerrero, you may remember, is Brady's business partner, the TB12 method. That's his whole workout ideology. He has an office right outside the Pat's locker room, but can no longer treat any players outside of Brady in his office. They can still go to the treatment center outside the stadium. He's also banned from the team jet, and he has had his sideline access revoked. Mike Reese is our Patriots reporter. He joins us now from Gillette. Um, as you know, Mike, there have been rumors of friction between Guerrero and the team for a couple of years. So why is this happening now? Well, El, you know, it's unclear if there was one thing that sort of pushed it over the goal line. As it was explained to me, uh, maybe an accumulation and where it just got to the point where the team wanted to hit the reset button and make things a little more clear uh, to the players on the team that go to Alex Guerrero, in addition to using the team's own strength and conditioning staff and medical staff. The idea being that, look, if you want to go see him, we encourage that, but you can do that in addition to what is here at the stadium. And they sort of wanted to clarify that a little bit. And I should also point out, El, you know, being here at the stadium, I was in that locker room last week. Alex Guerrero walked through there twice, so he still has access to the stadium to work with Tom Brady. The difference now is, in addition to Brady, all the work he would do with other players would have to come outside the facility. Okay, that's interesting, Mike, because, you know, you and I, we both cut our teeth as young Cub reporters on that Patriots beat. That was many moons ago, okay? But I'm reading this story in the Globe yesterday, my old paper, and I'm thinking to myself, in 15-plus years, I've never heard of Brady and Belichick not being on the same page. For that matter, Brady and the organization not being in lockstep on every single detail. So I'm thinking this is a big deal from the outside looking in. It sounds like you're saying this might not be as big a deal as it's maybe made out to be. Is that a fair characterization of your report? Well, here's what I would say, Michael. It's a big deal if it does affect their relationship. And you know this from covering this team. I mean, they meet weekly. I mean, and they've done that since Tom Brady first got here in 2000. Bill Belichick meets with the quarterbacks on a weekly basis. So that relationship, you know, this is 18 years going now. And you know that. And so as long as that isn't affected, and my understanding on that, Michael, is it's always been about business for them. It's Mm -hmm. not like they're buddy-buddy, but they have had a very productive business relationship and my sense of it and it's just my sense michael is it tom brady well he might not like it uh he will accept it right and and you can make this kind of uh executive decision when you kyp you know your personnel and you know brady's going to soldier on and do his job as they all do in new england still wants to win as usual mike reese great job out of you thank you six at six continues hey pickerington central's adrian nelson showing off his strength look he broke the rim he broke the rim my favorite part he just walked away like it was like the man at school the next day the 10 and 4 second place panthers try to keep football first ahead of sunday's home game against the bucks cam newton whom richardson jerry richardson infamously asked that the player avoid tattoos and piercings before carolina drafted him first overall in 2011 Cam stood before the media and stood by Jerry Richardson amid allegations of and an investigation into workplace misconduct that has prompted the team's founder to put it up for sale. 
I mean, I was scared on Sunday. You know, I didn't even think. I'm still scared now, you know, not knowing what to even expect. You know, you, when, when you hear a report is coming out about, you know, Mr. Richardson, a person that, you know, we all as an organization have so much respect for and, and so many people or the people who did come out, um, you know, saying certain things about racial slurs or sexual assault or anything like that. But, you know, like I said, it's still allegations. This is a person who has uh, enlightened me on so many different things on the field as well as off. And for him uh, to kind of be ejected from my life during the sports side, uh, I don't even know how to how to even handle that. So uh, my man Charles Robinson from Yahoo, he says that Diddy is so serious that he's setting up meetings with potential investors okay. in, ter- in terms of putting together a, perspe- a prospective ownership group, right? right? Those efforts include Colin Kaepernick. You know what I find ironic? What? What if the league created so much power and notoriety for Colin Kaepernick that they turned him into a part owner? owner? He's out here reaching out to venture capitalists and sports icons only because they made him more powerful. Wow. How about that? Then he could start for his own team that he owns. That would be a first. Jazz Thunder tonight. And on Monday, Russell Westbrook had a season-high 38 points in a win over the Nuggets. And a big part of that, Mike, was that his supporting cast fell back, including Mello, who had four points on just six shots. That's a career low for attempts in a game that he's played at least 30 minutes in. Here's how he viewed his minimal role post-game. Yeah, I'm, I'm good with it. We win. I'm, I'm, I'm cool with that, man. He, he had it going. And, you know, every, anytime he had, he had it going, we kind of just got to space it out, play off of him, let him work. Uh, and then the ball will find us. Uh, as far as the shots go, it's going to be nice like that. We, you know, I think that's something we have to accept. Uh, it's different, but we have to accept that. Uh, but tonight, he had it going. All right, Royce Young is in Oklahoma City. Royce, I feel like you're pinky to my Craig. Every time I see you, you're talking about the same stuff. At least as it relates to OKC. I'm always asking you the same question, it feels like. So once again, simply put, where are the Thunder, specifically the big three, when it comes to their stars fitting together? It's been 30 games now, Michael, so I think it is fair to ask at this time. We've got a round number here to talk about. Um, they've won 7 out of 10, which is a good thing, but it, it doesn't feel like 7 out of 10 for them. They've won a lot of close games. Basically, every game that they've won in this stretch has been a toss-up, coin-toss type of game that they've figured out a way to win in crunch time. You know, if you talk to players around the team, they do feel, they talk about feeling the ability to turn a corner. But, you know, I asked Billy Donovan about this the other night. Why is this team with so much offensive, explosive talent struggled to score 100 points? They've only scored 100 points in regulation three times in the month of December, which is unusual. And really, he kind of put it very simply. He says, we can't ISO our way to being a great offense. And that's really what they're battling against with these three-star players is getting them to figure out a way to play together. Look, like you said, it's been 30 games. We're going to probably ask this question again next week. Um, At some point, we have to stop wondering where it's going to go from here. All right. Superstar reporter Royce Young with the latest on OKC. More things change, more they seem to stay the same. Thanks, man. All right. David Fisdale's back with us to talk Thunder. I'm so confused here, Coach, because if the whole script, which is what we saw on Monday, is let Russ take the lead and let the supporting staff just kind of fall back, which was the same thing they did, that they did last year, why do they need Melo and George? Why do they need them? Yes. You got it. I mean, if you want any shot at winning it, I mean, you're going to take that opportunity to get those guys. I mean, it's not necessarily telling Paul George and Melo to fall back. It's just that there's going to be a pecking order when it comes to a big three. You know, like I said, the, the one of the 
biggest parts of our success in Miami was when Dwayne Wade, I'll never forget it, he, he told LeBron, this is your team. We were shooting free throws in practice. And when he told LeBron it was his team, and LeBron became number one and the pecking order fell from there, it, we took off. And, you know, that's what's going to have to happen with this team. And they got to go through this. This is hard. You guys should start even like, everybody should start looking at these situations saying it's more likely to go this way first than the Golden State way, where, you know, it's just automatically everybody's clicking and rolling. Coach, we were going to spend some time asking you about LeBron uh, still great in year 15 at age 32 and, and, and what oh he and Wade God. did last night. But wait, I want to go back to something you just casually dropped a second ago because I love that imagery. Is that how the torch got passed with the heat? Like yeah. literally no, in front of everybody? Simple. It wasn't in front of everybody. It was me, Dwayne, and LeBron shooting free throws on the far end of our practice gym. And Dwayne, uh, D-Wade said it to me a little bit earlier that day. He was like, I got to let him know. Um, because he's just such a – LeBron was just not going to overstep his bounds with D-Wade because he respected him so much. And so D-Wade had to tell him that. And I'll never forget it. We were just shooting free throws and just talking about our families and our day and everything else and practice. And then D-Wade said, hey, this is your team, and you got to take it now. And it was like LeBron just nodded to him, and from that moment on, it got scary. <laughs> you, you ain't never lying, right. and the rest is history. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, did not have a long tenure uh, with the Grizzlies to, to make history yourself in Memphis. Let's talk about that. Uh, you got let go at the end of that eight-game losing streak. Watched you with Rachel and Tracy McGrady on a jump earlier, and you said, I'm not faultless in all of this. I made mistakes. What would you have done differently with the benefit of hindsight? Oh, man, it's, I, it's a laundry list of things I would have done differently, but... You know, obviously everybody's making a big deal out of, of Mark and I. Um, and, and you always can look back on any relationship throughout your life and say you should have done something differently in the relationship. So that's an obvious one. Uh, I think we both have our own regrets to that. But it's strategic things I would have done differently. Um, it's, little, it's different things I would have pushed harder for. Uh, but, I, I, you know, I don't look back with regret. I don't look back, um, you know, you know, feeling bad about anything. You know, the Grizzlies gave me a great opportunity to show that I could be a head coach in this league. Uh, we did some fun stuff. We had some fun memories, uh, and it just didn't work out. And so, um, you know, I'm just looking forward to, to mm-hmm. my future and, and learning and growing and, and taking that situation and building from it. You know, you mentioned Marcus Gasol, and some of that's not hyperbole uh, because he spoke to reporters on Monday, and I want to just read this quote. You may have seen it, but it says, I think we both wanted what was best for the team, and we were not figuring it out how to be on the same page. It got to a point that things were getting out of control fast and decided to go in a different direction. What did he mean by getting out of control? Well, I mean, I wouldn't say out of I think the losing got out of control uh, for all of us. Eight-game losing streak. I mean, you guys know me. I, that's sickening for me. Uh, but, look, Mark is a competitor. Mark wants to win. Um, I'm the same way. Uh, and, and like you said, it just didn't work out that way. You were let go after an eight-game losing streak. It just does bear mentioning that the Grizzlies are 2-9 and nine since you left, so they haven't exactly figured that out. We sure you'll figure it out, Coach, and, and you'll go on to, to bigger and better things. But in the meantime, uh, Memphis's loss was our game because we appreciate you having the time yes, to come on coach. the show. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you, Coach. It's we'll nice talk to, to you soon. Home. Since we're doing too much honorable mention, Kurt Warner, with your kids – Love Tom Brady over you? You just start to question things. Let's show some love for Kurt Warner, please. One of the most accurate quarterbacks in NFL history, ladies and gentlemen. He was. 
took two teams to the Super Bowl, almost won it with two. But you don't love your parents like that anyway. His own kid doing the paper on the greatest of all time. I'm okay with this. No, I'm not okay with it. I'm good with it. Brady didn't put food on your table. So I wake up this morning, and a few minutes later, I start scrolling Instagram. Mm -hmm. And I come across a video I thought I'd never see. So many of you may know that IT, the old IT, Isaiah Thomas, Zeke, as he's known, old folks, and Magic Johnson, once best friends, a strange IT allegedly, or Isaiah Thomas, Zeke, Allegedly spread some rumors. Magic froze him out of the dream team. Look what happened on NBA TV last night. Just to sit across from you and have those relive those moments of fun, excellence, working hard, dreaming big, because we were dreaming of moments before we were even who 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 sit up at 19, 20, 21 dreaming of stuff we wanted to do. And now here we are doing it, you know. But you are my brother. Let me apologize to you. If I hurt you, that we haven't been together. And God is good to bring us back together. All right? I know, man. It hurt me too. <laughs> Come here, man. Wow. Yo, when Zeke broke down, all the, as they say, all the feels. All, I mean, seriously, I never thought I would see that. That was so powerful on so many levels. We don't even have time to get into it. But it just made me want to reach out to anybody that I may have wronged. Can I just say, like, I think that a man's pride at times can be the best thing about him and also the worst thing about him. And Amen. to watch them and, and be so vulnerable and it really sent to the power of friendship. Right. That was very finally powerful. Finally buried a hatchet. Yes, finally. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was amazing. That was inspirational. It was. It was profound. I mean, these two guys, rivals, friends, classic battles. Yeah, so as I, I was talking about uh, IT earlier. I'm not like, crying, oh, you're crying. Yeah, I know, something so in my eye. <laughs> now on the IT, you know, named after Isaiah Thomas because he lost the bet. Yeah, his dad yeah, lost yeah. the bet with uh -huh. the finals back in the day. So smooth segue. Good news on his front. That January timetable, the, the Cavs are looking to get him involved in some five-on-five -five scrimmages with the G League affiliate. Rehabbing well. Here's the news, or here's a video from the Players' Tribune when he got the news that he'd been traded. When Danny called me, um, I missed his call. When I got back to Seattle, I missed his call. He texted me, IT, give me a call back. Called him back, then he asked me how I was doing. I was like, I just got back to Seattle. He knew I was on my, my, my anniversary. He knew I was in Miami, so I said, I just got back to Seattle. I'm chilling, headed home. And then, like, it got a little quiet. And then that's when he, like, he broke it to me. He's like, well, IT, I just traded you. about to start school off off the strength all after everything I went through like, you're not supposed to but it's, it's not me that's what he wants nobody knows that's that was for him to call me he didn't tell nobody and I was cool in Boston I knew I went around I got to tell my kids when I see them in a minute. You feel me? Like, Jaden, that's all Jaden knows is Boston. Right. You feel me? Like, that's where he really grew up at. But it's like, man, I got to go through this again. I was hurt just because everything that I've done for them, everything that I went through and continue to do for them when I could have just called it quits, 
and went home and, and ended my season. And then I got hurt for them. Like I, I, I hurt myself even more. I gave my heart to that city and that organization. So you learn in this game, in this business, there's no loyalty. Like you're gonna meet people, you're gonna have build relationships with people, but there's no loyalty. They're gonna do what's best for them, and you gotta do what's best for you. Man, I can't wait till they come back. I can't wait to see him back on the court. Listen, I, f- I feel IT, but I would like to believe that he did those things not for Boston, that he didn't he didn't come back and play in the playoffs after what happened to his sister, that he didn't play through injury. For them, that he did it because he has that killer instinct yeah. and he has that will to win. And yeah. that doesn't follow you to just this particular city. You know, you're not right. – it, 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 like, it's a business. And if right. he had chose to leave – and that's to the take take away more money. The Celtics did what they had to do, and it worked out for them. Obviously, getting Kyrie, you understand it. The takeaway is fans and everybody evaluates player decisions. Look at this situation. Okay? They sent them to the Cavs. Like, he aight. Yep. Speaking of the Cavs. Yo, D-Wade went in the way back machine last night, bringing <laughs> them back against the Bucks. The best part is always the bench reaction. They yeah. went crazy seeing Flash do his thing once again. They ended up coming up short yep. to Giannis and the Bucks. That was a fun game to watch, right? That was such a fun game to watch. I will say this, as much as I love to see Giannis doing his thing and LeBron doing his thing too, if this was Draymond Green that pushed someone down and then attempted to stomp yeah, them what was out, that? I feel like probably we would be talking about this more. Well, let's talk about it. I mean, what, what, was, what was up? Now, that's the end of the game. That's the end of the game. Giannis securing a victory. Averaging numbers that nobody's ever averaged against, against LeBron, LeBron, by Correct. the way. Yes. For the, for the folks in the Lions. Yes. Um, but, yeah, let's talk about LeBron's kind of being a little extra. There was a lot of extra. He, he like, used Giannis's back to make an assist, which was fine. But, again, to push him down and try to stomp him out, I don't know. I feel like I feel like it's a bigger talking point if it isn't the Kings. All right, I think we missed that clip. But uh, that was maybe the highlight of the game right there. This is Bodak Yellow, it, it by the safe, way. It ain't safe. It ain't safe. It ain't safe. To turn that thing into a nightclub. Safe for these grannies and these. <laughs> <laughs> these little people putting us to shame, man. If you hey, listen, to. I have often been critical of this man, but props on this idea. LeVar Ball said Wednesday he's launching a basketball league for nationally ranked players who have graduated from high school but don't want to go to college. The Junior Basketball Association, which he says is fully funded by Big Baller Brand, plans to pay the lowest ranked player a salary of three grand a month, best player ten grand a month. Looking for 80 players to fill 10 teams that will seek to play in NBA arenas in L.A., Dallas, Brooklyn, and Atlanta. Like I said, I've often been critical of the madness to his marketing method. But I am feeling this idea so much. I like it. I like any alternative to the NCAA, just not an alternative to college or higher education. I get that, but I also think that a college and higher education is different to different people, and not 100%, everyone. That's why I said the NCAA. Exactly, exactly yeah. the NCAA. Yeah. I will say to commit yourself to those numbers already when you don't even have funding, I would say is a little bit early. Counting right your chickens before they hatch, but I love the idea of giving these players an alternative and getting them paid. Get that money. Yo, Lane Kiffin uh, ran the score up on Akron and the Boca Bowl last night because he said the coach talk is back. I'm good with that. I'm not good with this. The dab, it's dead. Like learn how to do the humping dance. No, ragtop. Do something classic. Doing too much. Um, so a man broke into former NBA player Charlie Villanueva's house. And among other things, he stole a toilet, okay? And he tweeted, can you believe this ish, pun intended. Right. Why? Wasn't it Chris Rock who said, you ain't see nothing because you was doing it. He didn't use that word. 
He right. said, you ain't see it because you was doing it. Exactly. Remember that? Yeah. Like, who, did, who didn't see him taking appliances? Like, you know, It better have been a bidet, <laughs> too. Only reason to Honestly. steal a loot. Hopefully that all works out. We're on a holiday season, too. That's terrible. Uh, UFC President Dana White saying he's discussing a deal to bring Floyd Mayweather into MMA, adding a line from Kevin Garnett. Anything is possible. Why? It's also possible he might get his arms broken getting in an octagon. It's one thing to have MMA come to you in the ring. Right. But, uh, come on, man. You, you don't want to get a roundhouse to the face and be done with it. You don't it. want none of that. And the Marlins have had a few fire sales over the years. We know that. The latest shipping D. Gordon and Marcelo Zuna and Giancarlo Stanton out of South Beach. Dan Lebetard asking MLB Commission Rob Manford on his show today about what he knew when it came to Derek Jeter's plans when he bought the team. You're coming on here and saying that you weren't aware of Jeter's plan to trade players and slash payroll? Like, we're starting with a lie, Rob. Like, that's where we're starting. Like, you no, can't I'm tell not me you're not aware of that. And have you call me a liar. I explained to you that we do not, we do not get involved in operating level decisions in the ownership process, the ownership approval process. Clubs make those local decisions. Rob, were you made were you aware of his plan though? Were you no. aware of it? No. You have no idea what the cash was in this deal. They it have was to, the they, single they, largest commitment of equity ever in the history of the game. But and there, no, I know so, that, Rob, I know that part. The reason I interrupt you is because I think you cared more about that $1.2 billion asking price than you did about the fans of South Florida. Yeah, well, can I tell you something? Um, you actually have no idea what I care about and don't care about. The fact of the matter is a competitive club in each one of our 30 markets is my foremost concern. Speaking of caring and don't caring, you hear about the season ticket holders for the Marlins, all five of them, airing grievances to Jeter. Talking about email, I emailed you. You don't got my email. Honest, man, like, you don't know who I am. You don't know who I am. He asked your fans for forgiveness and not permission. You've already done the dirt. Uh, who had a good day? Let me tell you who had a good day. So, Stephen F. Austin lost by a point to Mizzou last night on a late steal. After the game, Mizzou coach Quanzo Martin did something I've never seen, and frankly, he's never seen because he's never done it. Check it out. Man, you guys got a hell of a team. You can score the ball. I'm telling you, man, one big lead or not, man, you guys got a team. And you should be because you're on the same level. I ain't no, I, I, I've never been a guy get caught up in that. I've been a dirty worker all my life. I'm just telling you guys, the way y'all defend, I'm calling coach. I'm, I'm 100, so I need to learn from you. I'm serious, man. I, I want to thank you guys for allowing me to come here, man, because you don't owe me nothing. But I just want to tell you, I know you're upset now, but you got a hell of a team, coach. And I'm going to say it again. I've never done this in my career. Thank you, guys. Very classy. Wow. Very classy. <laughs> well, especially because they, they barely got out of there with a win. That's crazy. That'd be a huge upset. Hey, that's it for the six. More Sports Center continues right now. More Val Duncan tomorrow. I like having you around.